welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and I'm coming at you this evening with um, the co-owner of the venue X Barricade in Cudahy. Um, he's also the lead vocalist for the metal band Knaves. Um, so he's got uh, quite a stake in the Milwaukee music scene. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about his artistry, his passions, and why he does what he does. Um, very fortunate to have him here. Andy Parman, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. How I always think doing? it's weird when, when you, you get introduced like that. I, I, I'm, it's like, this isn't, this isn't uh, uh, the, the daily show or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, I did kind of, um, like, I was really, like, influenced by, like, those late night talk show introductions like when Letterman or Conan introduced their musical guests um or Craig Ferguson like it I don't know I kind of I liked the way they used to do it like the way they'd like describe a band in their own words yeah artist and then then it's like you see the show but instead you're seeing um this dude's face (laughs) you know so um so anyway how are you doing today good just got done uh grilling out well that's exciting uh doing a lot of grilling grilling's tight what'd you grill tonight uh uh zucchini summer squash um uh the those padron i think it's padron peppers or shishito peppers uh i guess there's a combination of the two and then i grilled peaches for for dessert <laughs> wow you grilled peaches that's a new yeah. one that's cool that was a first for me uh, it's not like i no- do it normally yeah uh how are they how are grilled peaches oh they were awesome they like get really soft and uh uh it was we had a bourbon glaze on them mm. yeah that's, that sounds tasteful i'll have to suggest that uh, <laughs> in the future um yeah i I haven't really grilled per se recently because I live in an apartment and there's a grill in the back, but like, it's like a community grill. Yeah. Um, But I mean, I do cook a lot um, and I mostly just like roast things on the stove. I've been cooking a lot of vegetables lately and cooking a lot of broccoli and Brussels sprouts and cauliflower. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah, I'm walking out of the produce section at the grocery store with a lot of things I didn't used to normally have. Well, I got a I got a CSA for the first time this year, which is a, a farm share. And so I end up uh, getting way more vegetables than I normally would get. Um, um, I, I shouldn't say a, a way more, but way different kinds. Like I've never had kohlrabi before until uh, like a couple of weeks ago. So uh yeah, it's, it's we're nerding out. We're nerding out over uh, over vegetables. vegetables. <laughs> yeah, no, dude. I mean, shit, vegetable. I think everyone should eat more vegetables, and uh, I, for one, think vegetables should be grilled more. So there we go. There you go. Both one. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, uh, what else did you do today? I worked. It's mm. pretty much it. I worked and then I grilled. 
Working real, sure. I, it's, um, my days have kind of been following a, a routine since doing this, since starting the show back up. Usually I have like two, two, usually I have two episodes a day. Oh, wow. And yeah, a lot of people to talk to. Um, and then I'll like try to do some writing for Breaking Entering because like everybody and their mother is dropping music right now. Um, and then I'll try to go on a walk, you know, like once a day just to get some exercise, get out there. Um, and then usually I end my day watching Arrested Development. <laughs> That's usually <laughs> been my, uh, my days as of late. Nice. Well, Andy, what we talk about, I'm just a nice guy. We talk love and fear, passion and creativity. First time we met, um, first time was the first time I saw Naves, which was, I believe it was the Snag album release party last November at Company Brewing. Yes, yes. Um, and what a show that was, eh? Oh my gosh. Oh, and it, I, I happened to be wearing a Snag shirt. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that, they were so good. They, uh, that, that, blew my mind uh they all played on the floor and wrapped around everybody like everybody went wrapped around them like they were in a basement uh i think uh uh their drummer had a um uh a light behind him and it caught on fire at one point <laughs> oh shit uh, or something caught on fire on the light but so there was like smoke coming out from behind them and i'm like what is what is going on with that that smoke and then all of a sudden everyone, people are running over there to put it out <laughs> Damn, that is so hardcore. (laughs) I don't remember the fire part, but I do remember them playing on the ground. It was like they were so good, they were smoking. (laughs) Yeah, they were. No, Snag are legit, like one of my favorite bands. Yeah. Milwaukee. Um, yeah, and I, I've said that a couple of times now, and like I don't know, there's a lot of times when you when you say like, oh yeah, and your band is like my favorite band right now, and it comes off so like, is he being serious or is she being serious? And, and you're like, I don't know if I if I totally buy that, but uh, yeah, with when I say it about them, I totally mean it. They're so good. Yeah, yeah. The and rest of those bands I say it about, I do not mean it at all. Yeah, <laughs> like you're you have a phase right now, but yeah. If like like, will you be saying that like a month from now? No, probably. And I'm I'm I think uh, that band has like a, a, a like a an era about them, meaning that they they kind of play into a, a time period that doesn't exist right now, like that early two thousands, like post hardcore, you know, converging on getting into uh, metal, and it, it just it's so good. Yeah, yeah, and. One of my one of the things I love most about them is like I like I know those guys personally, like off the stage and there's just some of the nicest, sweetest dudes and like they're just you know they're guys that are just really fucking scared about the climate and the fate of oh, the yeah. planet. And their their music is just so viscerally um connected to that like existential dread and uh, so it's like i like knowing who they are and like you know what they're passionate about like it just makes you appreciate their music so much and and their shows are just so much fun like yeah i'm not like typically i'm not like a huge 
like hardcore guy, but they're a band that really like I like I'd go see them anytime they're out. Like they definitely oh. got me a lot more interested in a lot of hardcore shows. Yeah. So that was the first time we met. Uh, I talked to you guys after the show. Um, talked to you, Jamie, Amanda, um, and uh, uh, what's your drummer's name again? Oh, Antonio. Antonio. That's right. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, I talked to you guys about your new record, The Serpent's Root, which came out last year. Uh, just listening to that record again uh, right before I called you here to refresh and everything. Yeah, I should have um, done that. <laughs> I should have done that. <laughs> oh, okay. I always like, usually it's something I like to do with it within the hour of the episode if I'm talking to a musician. So Andy, um, I guess to start, um, really just like hearing a little bit about yourself, like tell me a little bit about music in your life. Like when did you start playing music growing up? When did it become a creative outlet for yourself? Oh yeah. Um, well, I was really into new metal in high school, and uh, I met uh, Jamie actually in high school. We've been friends uh, since like ninth grade or something. Uh, but uh, we talked about playing uh, in a band together, and we ended up uh, going into his garage and hanging out and playing uh, uh, like Metallica covers and Corn covers, and uh, and then uh, we met with uh, we met. Mikey Adler, who used to run didn'tthathurt.com. And uh, he was in Die Alone and Shit Out of Luck and a bunch of other uh, punk bands that, uh, the, the Worms. <clears throat> and then uh, he was like this, this guy who had like this bigger than life personality. Like, like he had these huge, uh, uh, his ears were stretched really big. He had, he had uh, uh, dreadlocks and, and the, big baggy pants and we're like wow this guy's cool he was like a couple of years older than us but uh we ended up uh starting a band with him and then like before the band even played a show he he quit the band and uh we started playing as a, a five piece with a uh an old drummer friend of his and um that we played i don't know like probably a dozen shows but as we were playing we we met uh the band to shroud cast over which was like an old hardcore band from milwaukee and they were like very melodic kind of like a uh like shy halud uh singer was extremely passionate and uh i don't know i just clung to that and i i was so excited about that kind of music and it was cool seeing it because they would play whatever show they could play so they were playing a new metal show even though uh they were a hardcore band and uh we were enamored by them and wanted to book shows with them. And so we ended up booking a show with them and dead to fall. And, uh, and then from there it was like, we don't even want to play this music anymore. We just want to play metal and hardcore. Um, so we, um, <clears throat> ended up starting, uh, a Morris Savant. Actually, I, I, I start over. I ended, I ended up, uh, getting really into booking shows at that point. And I would book shows at 928, uh, 926 Center Street, uh, which is the, the jazz gallery now. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, before it was jazz gallery, I mean, it was actually jazz gallery back in like the 80s. I think the Violent Femmes had played there in the past. Uh, but they, they ended up, uh, um, we ended up booking uh, like 
whole bunch of awesome shows. Like Between the Barity, he played there. Uh, Misery wow. Single, obviously. As I Lay Dying. Uh, there was just like a lot of really ba uh, bands that like were just getting, just starting out at that time. I was going to say, yeah. Bleeding like I know who played there. What'd you say? Bleeding Through. Okay. Yeah. I was say, like, I know those bands from like Spotify. And it's always cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, uh, so we ended up booking shows and I don't know, I got really into making buttons at the same time. So I would make buttons for bands and then I would, uh, I would started, I started a distro. Um, so I would, uh, make buttons for bands and then sometimes I wouldn't even tell them I made them and then they would show up to the show and I'd ask if I can give them a hundred buttons of their band in exchange for three copies of their CD. And then I would sell the CDs in my distro. And then I just would do that at every show. And then all of a sudden I had like four, 500 CDs that I was bringing to every show and selling. Um, and then all the money that I made from that, I saved and I put towards a record label. Mm -hmm. And I was putting out records for uh, local bands and throughout our record, I put out a seven inch with for uh, Forever's Forgotten and Die Alone. Uh, put out Farewell to Twilight. Um, then, uh, then the label kind of like, uh, like uh, Amora Savant started to get popular and we did that for a while and then the label picked back up later. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of rambling at this point, but yeah, there was, uh, there was uh, a lot that I had going on and uh, that kind of led me to uh, doing a more summer. We, we ended up playing a hundred shows in the course of a month or of the course of a summer, which was pretty awesome. That is awesome. Um, where'd the tours take you? Uh, we went all East coast, uh, and Midwest. Uh, I think that we ended up playing with, uh, undying in North Carolina, which is their hometown. And undying is like, uh, uh, like if you talk to anybody about old hardcore vegan bands, like, undying is like the 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 end all be all of that oh yeah that's super cool awesome um are you vegan no i'm a pescatarian can't i, I feel like fish is a guilty pleasure yeah i i love fish me too i just uh my girlfriend and i last night made um uh roasted salmon last night that sounds delicious so I'm not saying uh, that I'm not saying that I'm all about bourbon bourbon glaze everything, but a, a bourbon glazed salmon is really good too. <laughs> I bet. I bet it is. Um awesome. Uh so so when uh when did how long did when did uh Amor Savant uh break up or dissolve? Uh yeah, so we so like like I was saying, I I I was really into um booking concerts, um booking tours for Amor Savant playing in Morris Savant, doing the buttons still, doing the record label. Um, just it all kind of came to a point where it was like, like we're, we're, we were about to sign a contract with uh, 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 Life Force Records, which is uh, a record label out of uh, uh, Europe. And they were just starting to do a US branch. And all of that stuff was weighing on me. Uh, and the idea that I would end up having to sign a contract that would lock me into like a 
another five years of my life just seems so daunting. And, and uh, so I ended up quitting in like 2005, six, something like that. Seven. I don't, I don't remember, <laughs> but yeah, so that uh, I quit the band at that point and then uh, ultimately they ended up breaking up and then um, I went to school and went for marketing, got a job in social media. And then uh, when Amora Savant did a reunion show um, around the same time, Jamie Antonio and I were jamming and we said, why not do this? Like the reason the reason we did bands when we were young is because we were hanging out with our friends and um, kind of kind of mad at myself that I didn't keep up with it in between all that. Um, but I, I, I always feel like I have to give my attention to, to, to I, I, I like, I'd space myself out a lot and I, and I give my attention to all these, all these things. Like I give 20% attention to five things versus a hundred pretension, hundred percent attention to one. So when I went to school and tried to get a career, I'm like, I don't want to screw that up. So I like just did hundred percent towards that. But that, that doesn't mean I couldn't have, you know, still enjoyed being in a band and playing shows and stuff. But I hear you. I'm kind of the same way. A lot of times I allocate my effort and time and resources into several things at once. So I'm kind of like the 20% into five different things too, yeah. which can, it can fuck you over at times. It totally after. can. Or if you're like me, you're in 40% invested into five things. <laughs> and then you're like, how do I sleep at night? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that was a, um, that was a big, that caught up to me in college a ton. Oh, you know, like I'd be involved in like, clubs and you know like student life but then I'd also have 15 credits worth of homework and also having friends <laughs> like yeah, it, yeah. yeah it, it's messy um where did you go to school uh, MATC um I, I, after I after I quit the band I was um I think like 26 27 and uh the idea of like I knew what I wanted to do. So I knew I wanted to get into marketing and advertising, which is funny because we wrote songs about, uh, you know, being all against media and <laughs> here I am getting a job in that. But uh, the idea of going to school for four to five years to get a degree and then get out and be, uh, be um, 32, trying to get an internship along a bunch of 23 year olds just didn't seem like, a good idea so I uh, I went to a two-year tech and got a degree and I'm gonna have my student loans paid off next year so that's awesome good for you dude that's that's awesome that is like I fantasize about that day because I'm, I'm so far off from that show <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I had Jamie on the show about a year ago maybe um, and he had talked extensively about the metal scene. Um, and, you know, he, he had mentioned that, like, for a while, the metal scene, like, in the 2000s was just so vibrant and and full of, like, there were so many bands. There were just venues and shows and 
it was, it was a ton of enthusiasm and then it kind of like went away for a little bit and then it started making a comeback. I guess, how do you feel about like the, the ebb and flow of the metal scene? I see, I, I don't know if that's yeah, yes and no. I feel like that there, there is some of that, but I also feel like we're, we're just getting older, right? That's like, like the, the, what, what it was like 10 years ago might not be what it's like now because you know, the, the, the things that we enjoyed about it, uh, about our, anybody enjoying their scene, it's, it's like the camaraderie that they build within it. And if you're, if you're, uh, hanging out after afterwards and going to your favorite spot and kicking it, you know, like that's going to be, that's going to be the, the, the memories that you make with the people that are there. Um, and if you don't go do that after the show, then you probably don't have those same, that same feel, that same camaraderie, that same like tight knit feel. Like, I don't think it's necessarily, necessarily that there aren't as many bands there could be true too, you know, like there's, there's a lot of bands that I just don't know about or there are, oh, oh, here, there's a, this is one thing I think that's interesting about <clears throat> uh, bands back in the day versus bands now. I feel like if a band starts to do well, uh, everybody like uh, raises them up and then gets excited about them. But then if a member quits, then somebody else takes their spot, you know, like I think now, uh in in that i the things that i've seen it's like the a band gets excited they play they play a record uh they like write a demo and they put it out on uh band camp uh people get excited about them but when the hype uh bears down then they they don't like put out a new record they just quit and then start something new with somebody else which i don't think it's a it's not a bad thing either like like if you're just having fun with your friends again like that core of it you know that's what that's what matters and i think people are looking for that authenticity you know they don't want to see somebody that's uh now they don't want to see somebody that's like trying to like keep a band going just to kind of make a name for their scene or from their city so yeah it's a little different i I could see what you're saying like um i definitely think there's merit to sort of just the evolution of musicianship for like people that are getting older that have you know been doing a band for a number of years and then eventually like that might fizzle out but they start a new project or two new projects or you know they take a really long hiatus and then come back like kind of what misery singles just did like they just dropped an album for the first time in like seven years yeah, and it is it is really good. <laughs> um, and sometimes bands do that too, where they disappear for a bit and then they come back, and uh, they sort of like breathe fresh air into that enthusiasm. Um, so yeah, like yeah, I don't know. Like I, I've been uh, getting more into like the metal bands in Milwaukee, and like it does seem like there's a lot of young ones. That's for sure. Totally. A lot of ones from coming from the suburbs as well. Oh yeah, there, there's a lot of. <clears throat> I, I, I'm still blown away that uh, JJ Kaiser has uh, shows in his basement in Franklin, in and there's like cul-de-sacs all around him. I, that just blows my mind that he can get a, that, that that he's gotten away with it. But at, but at the same time, that that the scene right now has something like that to like, it, assuming he's comfortable with it, <clears throat> when when this all when this all when the dust settles uh from the pandemic i mean he's gonna have the best place to play shows because um 
people aren't going to want to come and pack into a bar. Yeah, exactly. Like, and the way he runs it, like he's very like he emphasizes safety and uh, like shit. Yeah, no, he's very like cut and dry. Like these are the rules. If you disrespect any, you're out of here. Like. That's what I respect about JJ and his place. Shout out to big shout out to JJ. Yeah, totally. Um, so, uh, um, so knaves. Um, so, what does that that word mean? Where did that name come from? So, a knave is a dishonest gentleman. So, ah. so, uh, which is funny because I think we're all very honest gentlemen. So. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Amanda, actually, Amanda uh, left the band right before COVID. But we, uh, this is not the way I wanted to like break it, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she she left the band right before uh, COVID. So I, I guess now we can live up to our our name because we had a we had a woman in the band, and <laughs> now she's not. So. Yeah. So now you guys can technically be knaves. Yes. Now that- not a woman. There yes. Um, so uh, tell me a little bit of, I'd love to hear a little bit about like, how, so um, when did Nave start and how has it evolved? Yeah. Um, so, um, so like I said, Jamie, Jamie and Tony and I started jamming in my basement and um then uh, Amora Savant did a reunion show. And after the reunion show, we're like, we should really do this because it was a lot of fun. So then uh, Nick Gauthier, I'm gonna, I probably butchered his last name, but uh, uh, Nick, uh, who's in harm's way, uh, he started jamming with us. So we jammed for uh, like a year, maybe, wrote a couple demo songs. Uh, but Nick was constantly on tour with Harm's Way at the time, but uh, he was just kind of filling in. And uh, then at, at one point they decided, hey, we want you in full time. So then he was like, hey guys, I can't put my effort to this anymore. I have to, you know, I got a, a band that's like playing shows with System of a Down. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we don't blame him. And so he, he uh, ended up leaving and then we got, um, uh, Dominic Siafani to play uh, guitar, and then Brian Radman uh, um, from Sad Boy Saturday uh, to play bass. So that was our lineup uh, as uh, for our first show. And then uh, Brian ended up leaving and Amanda joined. And then Man, this is so weird. If you don't know all these people, just listing off random. I names. do actually. I am familiar with Sad Boy Saturday. Okay, there you go. Yeah, so I and I've I've heard of like some of these bands that you're mentioning. I've heard of them. Okay, okay, yeah. So then, um, so yeah, so then uh, uh, Dom left, and then we uh, our, our friend Malice started playing guitar, and then after he left, uh, we decided to keep it as a four piece because we didn't like the idea of uh, constantly trying to like fill in positions but I don't know I, I love the idea of two guitar players and being able to bounce those riffs off each other I think that 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 um every band writes songs differently right but I love when I hear 
two guitarists like start to dance together and create something and then the drummer picks up on it and then then i i find that rhythm and then i can do something with it it's just it's it to me that's that's the most exciting way to be in a band and i feel like uh a lot of uh the the last year with us um playing we've been we've been writing it jamie writes the 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 music sends it to us and then we um play to that so that's been jamie's been the lead songwriter in it um we add all of our own little nuances to it but um yeah i I just missed the idea of having a second guitar player yeah i hear you i i totally hear you there Um, yeah i just like i just like seeing the the two guitarists come together and like writing riffs and bouncing each off of each other and then finding that moment where everyone gets excited like the the synergy oh yeah 100 percent. totally yeah i hear you um so the serpent's root um i'd love to hear a little bit about like sort of like what your guys like concept or idea was behind that record um but i'd love to refresh just tell me a little bit about from your end what the record like you know what the yeah. process of it looked Sure. Yeah. And I'll say this is Jamie's baby. Like it's like the amount of time and effort and mental uh, anguish he went through to put it out. I think it's, it's weird because I like, I'm I'm talking as if like, like I'm Metallica or something like that. (laughs) It's not the, (laughs) no. uh, um, So I think I kind of alluded a little bit to, you know, Jamie writing the music and then um, putting it all together. And uh, so Jamie, basically turned his living room into a recording studio and found all the different spots in the room where the the sound can bounce off of uh, uh, sound boards appropriately and uh, just created an awesome tone in his room. So we recorded um, our drums um, at uh, Shane's studio um, and, add, and but we but we didn't put that on the record because like like he helped us uh, get the get the the drums recorded, but um, we did all the mixing and everything like that. So um, so if you don't like it, then it's all on us. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, uh, so Jamie did um, the bulk of all of that, and it's it's incredible sounding, and at least to me it is. Um, I I didn't know my voice doesn't sound like. My, my voice sounds so demonic on on that at times and i'm just like sometimes hard to believe it's me yeah <laughs> what have i become yeah, <laughs> yeah. um but, uh, lyrically we we kind of uh split the efforts jamie and i came up with a concept kind of talking a, a lot to um a lot to like the psyche of a serial killer like 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 I don't want to say coming from a place of empathy, but like, like kind of like looking at like, what has, like what things in life have kind of brought someone to that and then kind of like dissecting it. So we'll take a murder and we'll kind of try to figure out like, like, okay, what, what was, what was the, the victim going through? What, what really brought the, the, the murderer to actually do that and then what kind of outcomes have you come from it like the we have a song called nine lives lost and it's the about the murder of kitty genovese it was a murder that happened in the 60s in 
um, in New York. And, uh, and there were like, like see, Jamie remembers all these numbers like really well, but like, there were like uh, uh, dozens of people who heard this woman screaming for help, but never did anything to call the police. And back then the police on the phone number wasn't 911, it was a, like a regular phone number. So uh, after, after the murder was done, and after the uh, the court and everything like that, they they actually created the nine one one phone number based off of that murder. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and it's used in the murders used in textbooks, uh, like psychology textbooks, all the time. Sure. Okay. Wow. That's damn. That's that is um. That's pretty. It's mortifying to think about like the the atrocities that you know the perpetrator of these heinous things like what just twisted and demented their psyche so much to believe that like that's okay yeah 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 or like this is their way of projecting that trauma onto innocent people like yeah, yeah it is it is really heavy stuff yeah, i feel like every song we write ends up being like uh an episode of uh, My Favorite Murder. Mm. I've never watched that or listened to that podcast, but I, I'm very familiar with it, but I haven't actually ever watched it myself but, yeah. or listened to it. But yeah, that makes sense. Um, so uh, what? So since then, uh, what has the band uh, had in the works? Like, what are you guys working on? What oh. mode would you say you're in? Uh, not like social distancing, like <laughs> good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so Amanda left, which was kind of a bummer. And then, um, and I, again, I feel really bad because I wish we would have made like a formal thing about it. And it just, I mean, she left right as everything happened uh, in March. And I mean, like, I don't know how it was for you, but I feel like the world stopped for two weeks. I think everybody just like, was like, what the fuck? And yeah. then like my, my job, like I was, I mean, I was still working, but I, it wasn't the same kind of work. I was like, I think, I think everybody spent more time with their families and like, were kind of like nervous about like potential uh, rioting or like looting and, and yeah. which I, I don't, obviously didn't really ever happen, but, or not, not that it didn't happen, but it didn't happen like as like, on the level of people that people thought it was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. Like I think it was about like a week at first, like when it first started, we were like, Oh wow, this is serious. Like, yeah. damn, we better just uh, take it easy for a little bit, but things will go back to normal. But then like, yeah, like you said, the, like the, I think like a week in was, when like that was when it sort of really hit where I, I remember Milwaukee record actually um, like published an article one day where it was like, I feel like going out and screaming. Like one of the, one of the guys, like one of the writers, he was like, like right now I feel like going out and screaming because everything feels so confusing and chaotic and I don't have my normal, routines of like how I make sense of the world and I remember that 
that article hit so hard. Like it was like that. It was like a weekend. We were like, "Oh my god!" Like this is so eerie. It's very. It's just almost. It feels almost dystopian. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. I drove around and took photos. I took photos of, uh, like it's it's the creepiest photos. I went down to Brady Street. Nothing. I went down to Water Street. Nothing. Like I have all these photos. Uh, I went to, um, I went to uh, the corner. Um, um, the corner of the hell is it? Ma Fisher's. I went to Ma Fisher's and took a photo. I took a uh, a photo on North Avenue. Just like no cars at all. Just <sighs> creepy. Yeah. Um, so you guys are you're social distancing. So it. Yeah. So Jamie. Jamie is a, a, a lab tech um, and he picked up a traveling lab, te- lab tech position in Chicago. So he's basically off uh, like on the front lines, re- like reviewing um, coronavirus, um, like blood samples or, or not sample, not blood samples, but samples. So like he's, I, I mean, I don't, not that I like, I don't want to hang out with them, but I don't want to hang out with them. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean where it's like, he's at such a high risk position where it'd yeah. be jeopardizing your own safety. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. Um, well, you know, considering we live in such a selfish society where people think putting masks on or is an infringement of your rights we are probably going to be in this a lot longer than we should have been. Oh, God. I don't want to get started on that. You're right. I know. So that will, but well, that segues actually well into the second part of um, what I wanted to talk about, which is X-Ray Arcade, uh, the, the terrific all-ages venue in Cudahy. Um So, yeah, I've been to a couple shows there. Um, I it was kind of fun. What's that? Which ones? The first show was Unitaskers, Flat Teeth, Oftener, and uh, there's one other band, Operations, and that was, I believe it was March thirty first, twenty nineteen. Get the date down. I think I I think I was at there. I, I I know the Unitaskers. So. Yes, I love the Unitaskers. Um, I went to the Juice Box show, which was in January. Um, that was in January. Um, this is my first time seeing him, and he's a really unique artist. Um, he is very unique. Yes. Yeah, I got to talk to him a little bit, too. Um, and then the last show was I saw there was on March 6th. That was Soup Moat. And uh, Convert, which are such a fucking cool band, yeah, they're yeah. super awesome. You you got that's one of the last shows we had too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I forgot the last band that played that night, but um, but so I, I've seen a, a couple shows there. Um, but um, yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit about uh, X Ray, like how, like. Yeah, I guess tell me about the, the history, the how it started, its inception as a venue. Yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, obviously it was Metal Grill before X-Ray. And it was, it was I think, the Blue Pig before that. And then it was Vinooks before that. So that's like the, the abbreviated history. Um, but uh, like four years ago, um, uh, I, well, I, not, yeah, like four, four years ago, holy cow. Um, I ended up, uh, I was living with uh, Peter Woods, which is a- uh, Oh, I love Peter Woods. So yeah, Peter's awesome. He just became a doctor. He was officially a doctor as of yesterday. Congrats, Peter Woods, for becoming a doctor. Peter. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so Peter, uh, I lived with Peter, and Peter um, was talking about um, focusing his schooling on uh, getting. I think I think I think there was something about him being able to get a grant for his schooling to start in. Uh, an, all, an all ages venue, a nonprofit. And he said, if anybody's interested in starting a Milwaukee, a, ve a music venue in Milwaukee, let me know. And so I went to, uh, I went to a few of the meetings with him and his brother, Nick was there. And um, I don't know, we, we, we met probably like three or four times. And by the fourth meeting, it was just me and Peter. And it was like, okay, well, doesn't seem like it's sticking as well as we would have hoped and then uh then it kind of fizzled out and i didn't really talk to peter about that much more after that and then nick messaged me one day and said that he was starting a for-profit music venue and and called direct hit arcade and asked if i wanted to get involved with it and i said sure but i hate the name <laughs> uh but yeah so we uh nick ended up um working his ass off got um 10 of us together to um to put all of our money together and create this venue and um and then uh for the past two years we've been going at it wow it's, i can't believe it's been two years already but yeah we, we we bought the the we bought the building um from uh Dave Nook. Actually, no, I take that back. We bought the building. We put an offer into the building and they declined the offer and then they went into foreclosure and we bought it from the bank. So we got a, uh, we got a good deal on the building and we started the, started the arcade and was able to change the name to X-Ray Arcade instead of Direct Hit Arcade. <laughs> um, I'm not saying it, it may have been great. It may have been great. <laughs> Where did uh where did X-ray come from? I, I don't know. I think they just thought it was cool. I yeah. wasn't on the I like I got more involved. Like I, I was always there and uh contributing, but there was like a core group of people who were always uh um doing all the planning and I would just show up and start working. Uh but then I think after a little while, uh we kind of changed roles and now I do a lot more um of like the planning and booking and uh, social media. So there's like a course six of us that do uh, a bunch of the, um, a bunch of the day-to-day -day management stuff. Yeah, sure, sure. Which um, is nice because it's stressful. Like, I mean, Kelsey, like I have like, want to cry for her because I can't even fathom the amount of work that is. And I, I, I get stressed out over doing it uh, like my little fraction of it so so kudos to you for continuing to do what you do all the time yes 
Kelsey is she is an agent of Milwaukee culture, yeah. um, and I, I also that's endless respect for her, what cool. she does. That's super cool. That um, for one, that the fact that you brought a all ages venue back into the picture here in Milwaukee because I know that was a an ongoing topic um, in the music scene for some time, considering many of the all ages venues had closed down the ones that were like the Borg Ward, for example. Um, and I remember the X-Ray like really opened like right around when I started covering shows. So like it was still a pretty new thing like a year and a half ago, but, um, but then like, yeah, it caught on pretty quickly. I just started seeing a lot of bands and of all oh, yeah. kinds of all kinds of different music getting in on there and I, that's i think that 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 speaks to the fact that we have 10 owners and we can pull from all the different genres that we all know and uh and honestly the and to the community not like it, i think it's more the community that everybody everybody wanted this to succeed so i feel like you have uh you have like all the hardcore kids um bringing shows to us you have uh you have like the, the the people that used to book uh, metal shows at um, the metal grill wanting to like like live in that nostalgia you have uh, uh, like a lot of the a lot of the owners have like a punk rock background so there's a lot of punk rock shows that are happening um, and then uh, we, we got connected with a lot of uh, outside promoters that would bring in a lot of touring acts and uh, we found that just like like we, we would bring them in and as long as we're showing them that we can run a show and run it smoothly and get them what they were, were looking for out of it and making sure the bands are happy and that's what it comes down to so we, we that's what we kind of strive for is just like make this the the whole place run as smooth as possible and give give the the artists and the concert goers a good experience and I think that you guys have just like immensely succeeded doing so. I mean, you've brought some really, really good bands uh, through to that place, like Torch and Remo Drive. And, yeah. Um, I remember the, I do remember Ju the night Juice Box played. Yacht was there. Yeah, yeah. Really played. cool to see them. Um, unfortunately, there were there were a lot of shows that got canceled, like an you know, Oso Oso and foxing we're gonna come yeah um i love those bands and it would have been really cool to see them i'm sure eventually they'll come back but oh, yeah i'm sure i mean honestly it's, it's so weird like we've we've had a lot of we've, we've actually booked a lot of shows but we aren't gonna talk about them because it's like like we're not comfortable with it yet uh, and like in most of the shows we're booking are in may and and we're we're like we're even like uh, let's hope you know we're like peak we're at peak covid right yeah. now so like yeah i yeah i hear you it's it sucks it's uh, it does it does yeah. um one thing i'm curious about uh how did you guys uh select the games that uh you guys got hooked up in there Oh, that's a good one. Um, so one of our owners is a, a really big into arcade systems, Logan. And Logan actually, uh, I, I wouldn't say donated it. Uh, he, uh, I think a handful of the games are actually his games. Mm. So uh, like Turtles, he's like, 
uh, or some or the Simpsons. Actually, I think it's the turtles and the Simpsons are his. But the uh, he is a huge Simpsons buff. Like I went to his house one time. Uh, like like when we first started uh, the club, uh, our band uh, names played in Minneapolis, and he's like, "Oh yeah, come stay at my place." So we went to his house and his whole bathroom. He had like uh, the 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 classic Simpsons donut um, uh, patterned uh, uh, shower curtains and like yeah. all these all these figures everywhere it was it was yeah so he's he's a huge fan the simpsons video game reminds me of like a pizza restaurant in my hometown as a kid because like there was the simpsons game like you could play there and it also just reminds me of like any arcade as a kid it there's some real nostalgia to that one for sure yeah no um, i i think that uh like when when you're you just said the right word nostalgia i think that's that's what is how we pick up most of our games i'm kind of blown away like galaga ends up being the one where we can't get people away from, like we actually had to move that away from the back door really? because people were just hanging out by the back door playing galaga and i'm like i would not have thought that would have been like a big a big one uh another big one's area 51 oh, yeah but like the uh, hold the guns uh die hard so that's another uh, I think that one has guns. Yeah. Um, and then uh, like one of our other owners is really into wrestling. So we uh, exchanged, um, oh, frick, I forgot. I can't remember what we, we have WWE superstars though. And I think oh, that sure. was, so we traded up for that one. Um, but yeah, uh, actually I, I probably shouldn't even say this cause we don't even, cause it won't be for so long and I don't even know if we'll be able to fix it or not, but we, we bought a, uh, um simpsons bowling we have to oh. but it's going to take a lot of work to like get it operational so we'll just cross our fingers it happens and... <laughs> that'd be cool that'd be really cool so yes fingers crossed simpsons bowling i remember uh you guys had a popcorn machine for a while that was at the the first show i went there but then i think i came back like at the recent shows and uh, i wasn't there anymore so um, one of the things that's really difficult about, about our club is that like we understand we're a destination. Like you don't, you don't you're not coming out, like, like where do you live, River West? Yeah. Yeah, so like you can walk down the block and go to company, you can go to River Horse, you can, you can go to like see, a, like go to like any bar and see any show you want just right in the neighborhood. Um, you're not gonna be like, oh, like, like let's go to let's go to uh, X-ray tonight for a drink. You know, like that's just not that's not it would be unreasonable for us to think that we can get a, a large crowd of people in from River West to come out to our our place. So so we have to try to come up with events every single night. So one of the events we were doing were was a uh, uh, we had uh, we had a guy that would cut up old '80s horror movies. So he would take, you know, like, you know how like, not, not even 80s, like, like 60s horror movies. Remember how like, remember how like drawn out they were? Yeah. It yeah, took yeah. forever to get to like. Night the, of the Living Dead. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So what, what this guy did was he took all of the boring parts out and made it into a, like a half hour movie. Oh, wow. That was pretty cool. So we, so yeah. we, we, we had tried to come up with things like that where we would have people come out and it would be a double feature. Come watch, you know, Night of the Living Dead part two with um, 
some weird Boris Karloff movie, you know, like yeah. just, it, it was a way to, it was a way to get people out and then, you know, you get free popcorn while you're at it. So that was like our goal. Um, what else? Uh, yeah. So the popcorn. So like, but that, that, that just kind of went into like all the, all the other types of events we can do like trivia nights and yeah. uh, karaoke nights. And, you know, like we're, we're, we're basically spitballing and trying to see what sticks. Yeah, that's a good point because you are such a like multi-purpose space and uh, I mean I've always kind of like I've always viewed you guys as like the point of like a music venue that has local music like that's sort of like what has always drawn me there but I'm sure if I lived in the neighborhood I would hang out there for a drink or I would you know play some arcade games like with some friends like I did. I, f- I felt like we were two years removed from having that happen. But now with COVID, I don't know. Like, uh, I feel like Bayview is still bubbling, though. Like, people cannot afford Bayview right now. And I, I would love to see more people move to Cudahy. It's like, it has everything that you want from, like, uh, from a Bayview or from uh, a, a River West, but, like, circa like 10 years ago, like when, like, I remember going to, I, I wanted to start a music venue since I was young. And I remember going to the Avalon uh, in like 2005 to, to like, see what the potential was of, of that being a venue, you know, like, and, and I was driving down KK and I was like, man, no one's going to drive out here for a show. <laughs> like, like the only thing it had at the time was Palomino and Cactus Club. And it just felt like the, the street felt abandoned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now like, that's like a multi-million dollar, you know, um, uh, multi-million dollar, yeah, yeah. Not even the strip, but just like the Avalon itself. It's just like this gorgeous theater. I'm glad we didn't touch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good point. So, um, so do you live in Cudahy? Uh, no, my girlfriend did, and, uh, she just moved in with me. I was going to move in with her, um, and I was going to turn my lower into a rental property, but then, uh, with COVID, everything got, everything just shifted. It was like, I'd, like, I wanted to turn it into a short-term rental, and it just wasn't going to happen with nobody being able to travel so so where do you where are you looking oh i'm sorry i'm in bayview i'm just uh i'm basically 10 minutes from the club so i'm like uh south of bayview um near howard and howell my girlfriend and i have actually been hanging out in bayview a lot more this summer and we've been eating like i'm late to the party you know it's my first time having vanguard and odd duck and what and Lulu, I'd never had Lulu until last week. What? Yeah, I, I don't have a car. I don't have a car. And I lived on the east side for four years. So, you know, I, I've been, it took me a long time to break out of the UWM bubble, but I've, I've, I've been getting there. <laughs> but some of the best food in the cities in Bayview for sure. Oh yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Um, ceviche. It's another really good one too. Uh, you know, I haven't been to Ceviche. That's in Walker's Point, right? Or is that Walker's Point? No, it's Where's in Bayview. Ceviche? 
Oh, that's a, like that's that. Okay, I know where that is. That's on. It's like uh, on the on the one end of um, KK. Yeah, end of ceviche. It's like by backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so I guess that leads us to the last question: is like, so you mentioned earlier that X-ray is, I mean, sort of like low-key booking things for next year, but yeah. you know. We don't know how much of pandemic is going to spill into 2021. So, what is the the um, like capacity that X-ray is operating in right now? Like, because um, I know you, yeah, you guys open for like, you know, limited stuff. Yeah. Um. So. So. Like, we're, we're terrified. I'll just say that. Like, we're like we're we're in this like really, I mean, any business owner is in this like position where they, they, if they, if they're not open, then they're not receiving any funding. And like, you know, like the, the government isn't helping right now. So we have to be open in order to make any sort of money. And it's not even us, you know, like, like the money we're ma- like the, if we make money, it's, it's 90, not, if we make any money, it's chances are it's going to our staff in order to keep them there. Um, so uh, we are operating our, our patio. Um, we're, we're, we don't have anybody inside the bar unless you have to go to the bathroom. Um, and then we have uh, the bar blocked off. So it's just a path for you to go to the bathroom and that's it. Um, uh, we have seven picnic tables. You can fit up to six people. Um, if you know the people and you're living with them or you're close enough that you're comfortable with them um, to a table. So uh, I don't think we've ever had more than 15 people on the patio at a time. Uh, Actually, I take that back this weekend. We had um, probably our biggest event, which was probably like 20 people on the patio. So it's been very low key and everyone's required to wear a mask outside um, unless you're sitting at the table with your friend. Um, so that's been, that's been, um, what we've been doing for, for, um, just like ongoing things. And it's, it's usually a DJ that will have a DJ out or we had one band play. Um, it was, uh, Edith's end and they had, uh, I don't know, they had like 10 people come out for them. So it, it like, People are afraid to come out and they think that, oh, I don't want to come because it's packed and usually it's not packed. Uh, but uh, if it were, if I were in their shoes, I probably wouldn't go out either. So I totally understand. Uh, so it's just basically your comfort level. Um, so that's, that's been how we're operating. I think the, the, the way we've been getting revenue is our merch and uh, if you've been watching this long, holy shit, you're awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, like go check out our merch. It's like we, we've we been doing very bizarre shit. Like we we put out uh, prayer candles and hot sauce wow. and uh, beer koozies. X-ray hot sauce? Yeah, I think uh, I think we're getting more in, but we sold out of that right when we right away when we put it out, which is pretty cool. Um, I should have brought some of that stuff to like uh, hold up, but yeah. Um, oh, what else? We have uh, like the community has just been amazing. Uh, every time we put out a new shirt, like 
it ends up selling out pretty quick. So we're very thankful for that. Awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna get my hands on one. We're, we're actually about to put out, uh, maybe I'm jumping the gun again, but again, I'm guessing that uh, I, I work in social media, so I know that most the most people log off after um, three minutes at max. <laughs> so uh, no, so we're we're actually going to put out um, tie dye shirts. Uh, I know Kelsey is doing that with Cactus Club, but we're we're we are going to do um, red red shirts, and we're going to tie dye in black. So it'll be because like our whole theme is black and red. So. Very cool. Um, dude, well, that sounds awesome. I will be sure to, you know, share a link so that folks can support in the, in the capacity, buy what they can, or, you know, it's also just good to know you guys are still staying afloat right now. Yes, um, you guys are a treasure of the music scene, and uh, I would be really sad if, you know, you, for some reason didn't come out on the other side. So um, I'm happy that you guys are operating in the capacity that is safe, although it is bleak, it is terrifying. And uh, yeah, it's like, we miss it. We miss it very, very much. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, uh, awkward ending, just because I was like, living in your words for a minute yeah it is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's okay that's okay um so uh i guess as, so as we close out andy uh what keeps you up at night keeps me up at night <clears throat> uh man all of this stuff like everything that's i mean right now in particular every, everything that's going on like it's it's hard to turn off like, okay, I was, I was going to say something earlier. Um, I feel like, I feel like everybody right now is mad and frustrated and they're pointing fingers and they're angry. And I think that we need to start practicing more optimism and empathy because I think that if we can do that, uh, we're going to focus on the, the more positive things that are going on and we're going to have less of a focus on all the negative things. I think that for the first like three weeks of COVID, all I tried doing was finding any positive article and I shared that, you know, like these, like a, a, all the sea turtles that were, were un, untouched, you know, and able to like lay hundreds of thousands of eggs and you know have their have their i think they i think they'd actually do it every three years or something like that uh, but like they're on the on the beaches and not being affected by tourism um yeah. things like that like i think we, we need to we need to find more positive can't we just all get along man yeah no, no I, I, I like I, um i like what you're saying there like uh like specifically talking about the environment and endangered species and what and whatnot. Um, I remember, I mean, this show is a couple of years old by this point, but at the beginning of quarantine, I watched Our Planet, um, that David Attenborough show, similar to Planet Earth, but it's more about like the implications of like climate change. 
Um, and uh, there's an ep- episode where it talked about humpback whales returning to their breeding grounds for the first time in a very, very long time. And uh, stuff like that is just so heartening to know that, like, when we as humans actually, like, you know, hold ourselves accountable for our environmental footprints and for our green policies and just how the planet is changing right now, then things can actually, like, we can actually save and preserve good things. So, yeah, that, that makes me really happy, too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's it's easy to get sucked into a feed and like there's like I said there's a lot of anger but it's righteous anger like no everybody's pissed and they're pissed off for the same reason and and yes we do need to do something about it all but I think that that both sides of all of these controversies need to start practicing empathy and really know what the other side is thinking because if if they if they don't I mean again it has to go both ways it can't just be one way. If they don't, then no one will ever find a happy medium, happy middle ground, and we're gonna get stuck with this shitty state we're in. Yeah, more of it at least. Yeah. Um, what puts you to sleep? Hemp oil. Hemp oil. <laughs> Shout out to hemp oil. Uh, no, I uh, actually, uh, I'm, I have a. I have an internal clock that I, I fall asleep at midnight every night, no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing. Uh, what, what, what about you? What keeps you up at night? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, anxiety. I mean, I'm a very anxious person. So like um, lately it's been anxiety about just like constantly feeling like I'm not doing enough, um, feeling like I'm neglecting things that, you know, I owe my attention or, you know, not feeling like I'm feeling like I'm leaving out like things that make me, I'm focusing too much on one thing versus like, you know, putting time towards a lot of things that mean a lot to me. Sort of what we were saying earlier about like yeah. the 20% rule, like just not having enough time or making enough time for everything and then feeling bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, puts, that keeps me up at night. But, um, but what puts me to sleep though has been, um, like I said, watching Arrested Development. Um, that is... Having some good la- good laughter before bed uh, is nice, but also uh, my air conditioning. <laughs> I've been I've been really in like keeping it on full. Bl- I like sleeping in a really cold room. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, thanks for being on the show, Andy. Um, thank you so much for talking about Naves and Metal Scene and Amor Savant and X-ray Arcade and all these perilous times we're in, all that stuff is is great to hear from you. And um, I will encourage folks, I implore folks to uh, support X-Ray Arcade and also check out Naves' record, The Serpent's Root. Thanks for watching, Mr. Nice Guy, everybody.
Thank you guys.